0: Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Hey
1: everyone, this is Rachel Hutchison, and I'm pleased to welcome you to the SG Engage podcast. I'm here today with Bobby Sultan who is the managing director of the Shared Value Initiative. Welcome Bobby. Thank you. So Bobby, let's just start at the very beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then also what the Shared Value Initiative is?
0: So first of all, maybe it would help a little bit of context of, you know, how I how I ended up with the Shared Value Initiative. My family's originally from Japan, and they immigrated to the United States, and I was born in the U.S., uh, but, you know, very much a immigrant, working-class family story, and, you know, I was the product of a good public school education and had encouraging parents, and I didn't think that I would actually end up in business. I thought that I would end up in the social sector, and partly because of where I came from. And the help that I got from caring teachers and neighbors, parents of friends—that you know—it was definitely a community that helped raise me. And what I found after I graduated from college and had lots of school loans, that I did a very practical thing. I went to work in business and thought I would work for a few years and then uh, join the the social sector, but I didn't. I actually ended up staying in corporate America for almost three and a half decades. And throughout that time, I worked to stay very connected to the community. But it wasn't my day job until my very last company that I worked for, which was Gap Inc. And for 12 years, I was able to practice shared value. And it wasn't called shared value then. It was an earlier interpretation based on a 1999 article that Michael Porter and Mark Kramer wrote. I used that as a blueprint for the work work at GAP, um, but it was really probably the, the most joyful time of working in business, of being able to intersect business and society. Yeah, so the Shared Value Initiative uh, was really built out of The article that Michael Porter and Mark Kramer wrote back in 2011, the seminal Harvard Business Review article called Creating Shared Value, and I think they were a bit surprised at how this new concept resonated with business and how many business leaders were interested in this intersection of business and society. And so it was really from that community that the Shared Value Initiative was created They asked for some forum in which this community could get together. And so in 2012, a year later, the Shared Value Initiative was born. And we consider ourselves a global platform for leaders who are really seeking to solve societal challenges through business solutions. And, you know, we have a global community. The Shared Value Initiative is a global organization, and we have sister organizations that are based out of Australia, India,
1: Africa, and um, also Hong Kong. So it's a growing movement. So um, Blackfoot, you know, is a part of the Shared Value Initiative. And you mentioned the seminal piece that kind of launched the idea, which was, I think, about seven or eight years ago. And uh, you know, we've been in business for about 40 years. So we kind of had to come to terms with What is this term? What does it mean? What's this approach mean? And, oh, wow, maybe that's kind of us, which has been a really interesting journey as things just evolve in the world of purpose. And I know we're gonna talk more about that. So let's level set. So everyone is working from the same definition. Can you define for us what shared value is?
0: Yeah, so so the central
1: premise of creating
0: shared value is this idea of mutual dependency that the competitiveness of a company and the health of communities are interdependent. I think we've really seen that with COVID-19, just the overall health of the community. This, in terms of physical health, has led to kind of an economic downturn without that physical health. Uh, so, it, you know, we are seeing that society is is, is very interdependent um, with business, and business can't succeed if society isn't healthy. You know, if you look at the, the definition uh, of shared value and how it was defined by Porter and Kramer, they talk about it as practices that enhance the competitiveness of a company while they simultaneously advance the economic and social conditions of communities in which it operates. There's some great examples out there of of companies that are, are doing this. Uh, one of the ones that I love is Discovery Health. They're actually Company that was founded as a shared value company. And uh, they're an insurance company, and they looked at the prevalence of lifestyle related illnesses. And they used behavioral economics and clinical science to encourage and reward their members to do things like exercise more, eat healthier, manage their stress. And as a result, the members were healthier, they lowered their insurance premiums, and Discovery Health lower their costs. And that's a really great example of what shared value looks like in action.
1: Yeah, that is a really great example. So you just had a big moment. Relatively recently, the Shared Value Initiative uh, published something called the Purpose Playbook. So what's it all about, both the purpose of the playbook and also the need that you're trying to address?
0: So yeah, the Purpose Playbook. So this is interesting. I joined the Shared Value Initiative in late summer 2018, and when I came on board, the team was already starting to look at the how of shared value, that uh, there were lots of questions about how do you do this? They had gotten beyond the why of shared value. And the first time I met Michael Porter, he said to me, the most important work you could be doing now for the shared value movement is to focus on the how, because a lot of companies are embracing this idea but they're getting stuck in the actual doing of the idea. So we started this work. And at the same time, we recognized that companies were starting to talk more and more about purpose. And we felt we needed to step back and say, how does shared value sit in this broader conversation around purpose? And we think that companies having purpose, a purpose beyond profits is really important. And we're glad to see the rise of of those declarations and also declarations from organizations like the Business Roundtable and the World Economic Forum. But we also realized that we have to move beyond the words of purpose and we have to figure out the way we can activate that and how can these companies be more purpose-led. And so what we did was we looked at the portfolio of practices that a company could practice to be more purpose-led. And it could include things like having clarity around your values, having progressive employee relations practices, uh, practicing good governance. Like Those are some of the other things that go into being a purpose-led company. But we think that shared value plays a really important and critical role because it levers the core business. And When you lever the core business, you can actually scale how you impact society. You can use your innovation engine and you can do all of this while creating distinction for your company, which will hopefully generate more income and profit that will allow you to then invest more back in the community. So we built this playbook to help demystify purpose and to help practitioners put it into practice and then really, you know, double click on shared value and how shared value as this most powerful practice is actually done. So that's a little bit of the background of how we ended up getting to this thing called the purpose playbook and the role that shared value play.
1: Yeah, the, the language is so interesting, but sometimes can be a barrier. And I, I love the focus on purpose because people seem to just understand it much more quickly but you know i'm a corporate social responsibility professional i work in sustainability i do all these different things i work in philanthropy and it's sometimes hard to to pick the one right word but in many companies you know csr and philanthropy were things that were considered to be kind of on the side or i used to say like down the street and around the corner from the main business and not just this isn't just about pulling CSR and our giving and volunteerism and all of that into the heart of the business. It's about being much more deeply intentional about what you actually do as a business, what you produce, how you produce it, um, how you govern, how you treat your people. It's about everything. That's right. That's right. And and I think that I think that it, it puts all
0: of these things into better context and relationship. And each company is going to be different. You know, this is You know, our whole philosophy in building this playbook is that it's not a cookie cutter approach. Each company is different. It has its own culture. It has its own assets. Um, It has its own issues that are relevant to the success of the business. And so we really wanted to create this as more of a guide that the user could say, this is how... I can now filter it through my company, but these are the questions I should be asking. These are the practices I should be thinking about. So that was really the
1: kind of grounding philosophy in how we built this tool. So I was going to ask you about that, that why is it important to have it grounded in leading with purpose and culture before you get to these nine practices that you outline? And is that what you're talking about here? Yeah, that's, that's a, a big part of it. I mean, you know, with
0: living into your purpose I think first you have to as a company get really clear about what your reason for being is and your reason for being beyond profits alone. Profits are definitely important for companies and without them they wouldn't exist but what is the what is the bigger reason for being and we we say that you know we put it at the beginning but it's also at the center and if you take a look at the playbook framework We tried to build a framework that was an intuitive model that someone could think about the components in relationship to each other, because it's not just a list of here are the things you need to do. It's really about how to think about these things relative to each other. So purpose really, you you should kind of think about it as the heartbeat. And it's the thing that all other activities should be in service to this core idea why does your company exist? What is it trying to do as it impacts the world? And for companies first to think very clearly about having a purpose that has significance, that is authentic, that is profitable, and also that's serious. And that's uh, the four things we describe in the playbook that we think a good purpose should contain. In terms of culture, culture is a really interesting piece. So when, when you look at the framework, culture is drawn as a big box. And I like to think about it as the container in which purpose comes alive. And culture is an interesting thing because a lot of leaders don't intentionally think about culture. They think a lot about strategy because that is more tangible. And in fact, strategy is oftentimes created at the top of the house. Whereas culture is really a mix of leaders as well as you know, frontline employees are creating culture. And uh, we refer the the um, playbook users to the Leaders' Guide to Corporate Culture. Um, a professor from Harvard Business School and his colleagues uh, wrote this article back in I think in early 2018, and it really provides some great insight into culture. And, you know, they talk about um, culture being the values and beliefs that guide uh, the shared assumptions and group norms. And they also get into the fact that a lot of leaders don't recognize culture as part of building a high-performing organization. And and so we are encouraging leaders to, to take a look culture because it is so powerful. And I'll just give you an example in the shared value context that let's say your culture is very short term oriented and it's hard for you to think beyond the next quarter or, you know, hmm. next year. And, you know, practicing shared value that it it's a medium to longer term endeavor as is purpose. Um, these things don't happen overnight. So it's hard, I think, to try to drive to purpose if that's your company culture. on, on the positive side, let's say you have a, a culture that's really collaborative, you know both internally and externally, and that's great for shared value because shared value should be um, bringing in stakeholders internally and externally. And so there, there's an example of where culture can be really powerful helping you achieve that. And so the more a leader can understand the cultural dynamics of their organization, the more they can use it or start to dial
1: down the things that are getting in the way. Yeah, and I, I work for a leader at Blackbot, our CEO, who deeply believes in culture and the, the importance of organizational culture. And some leaders don't. Some people, you know, as you said, are very much about strategy and objectives and being more transactional. And, and culture, I'm a huge believer in, in the power of culture. Um and, and we're in this very interconnected world. You mentioned this a little earlier that particularly at the time that we're recording this in the time of COVID, we're seeing just how deeply interconnected we are, both globally and hyper-locally. And it's interesting because I think it's fine helping a lot of companies find their purpose and elevate that and say, oh wow, we have this thing that we need to cultivate more. And others kind of be pointed out as not really having an incredibly great purpose. Mm-hmm. So kind have an interesting moment. So you you have nine practices in this playbook uh, within strategy operations and people. Can you talk a little bit uh, more deeply about that? So what are the kinds of things that you're recommending or helping people learn when they are going through this playbook themselves?
0: Yeah, so we try to try to be as inclusive as possible of the things that a practitioner might want to think about. But we didn't try to be exhaustive because that would be exhausting to have to look at every single thing. So we tried to make the model uh, digestible. So we picked three practice areas, strategy, operations, and people. And then under each, we have three practices, which I can quickly go through just so the listeners um, understand what falls under each. So in the strategy area, we we would like companies practicing shared value and driving to their purpose potential to first think about what opportunities are there for their company to work on um, unmet societal needs that are material to the business and that the company has assets in which to, you know, make some progress on those issues. The second thing is how can the company use its unique assets to not only make progress on an issue? So, for example, if you're a, a retailer, how could you use your retail know-how, your access to a lot of jobs uh, to create positive social impact? And uh, that could create a source of distinction for you. And then the third is You know, what are the strategic priorities, goals, and importantly, resources that go into making that happen. So those would be like the three areas of strategy, and they're pretty interconnected and work together. The second area is operations, and this is a little more distinct. The three practices we talk about here uh, don't overlap as much, but they are still connected. The first one is a really exciting one, innovating for scale. And So much of the work that oftentimes happens inside companies when it intersects society somehow doesn't have that scale component. But if you were to walk down the hall and talk to the commercial side of the business that's purely driving commercial outcomes, it's always about scale. And how can we bring some of that mindset to these, um, social interventions that are levering the business to think not only about the pilot, but to think about how many people can we impact with this if we can, um, create a shared value outcome. So that's the first one. And it's, it's, a uh, one that, that I have a lot of, uh, interest in. The second is new models of cooperation. And it's so important. You know, we've been talking about the interconnectedness of our society and, We can't do this work if we aren't reaching out and engaging the stakeholders who have a stake in the outcome. And we need to not only reach out to them, but we need to think about new ways that we could work together. What roles can they play? How can they bring lived experience into the conversation? And then the last operating piece is measuring and reporting. That measurement is important. It ties to goals. It ties to getting resources. It also ties to accountability. And how can we be accountable for the purpose we claim we have? So that's operations. So it's three more distinct practices, um, all very powerful and important. And then the last practice area is people. And people make this work happen and without them we can't achieve our objectives and so we think about how can we design organizations and roles so that they can further shared value further purpose how do we attract and acquire and develop talent once we have them and also for you know like a company like yours who adopted shared value after it had been around for 30 years how do you Give current employees new skills, new job scopes. This is not about just importing talent. This is really about transforming, transforming talent that helps to transform an organization. And then finally, engagement and communications. And this is broader than inside your company, Um, thinking about engagement with all stakeholders. And one stakeholder that we feel is really important to be more effective in communicating to is the investment community because uh, oftentimes companies don't have as long-term thinking if they're feeling a lot of pressure to deliver short-term outcomes from a financial standpoint so we think that this engagement and communications is really critical and mark kramer has been doing a lot of thinking on this front with michael Porter and um we're going to continue to share information about how to be more effective in communicating to investors. So hopefully that kind of gave your listeners a little bit of a drive-by.
1: Yeah, so I want to ask a couple things. Um, But first, so this is really great, helpful information. Does someone have to be a member of the Shared Value Initiative to take advantage of this?
0: No, that's the short answer. We made a decision particularly based on all of the challenges that our society is facing and we had no idea that we would be launching the playbook in the midst of a pandemic and then shortly thereafter at least in the u.s uh, be confronting uh, racial violence and racial inequity in in the way that we have that we had no idea this tool would be coming out during this time but we wanted to make it available to everyone and anyone Um, The one thing that we are reserving for members of the Shared Value Initiative is that um, we have some specific exercises. And I'll I'll say that there's a group of things. We have specific exercises that go deeper into how do you apply the playbook. um, And also, uh, they can participate in learning cohorts as part of their membership. Um, And then we've also created a... PowerPoint for them so that as they advocate internally, they have some tools to use um, in, internally. But the playbook itself, the, really the,
1: the meat of the idea is available fully to the public. So what is the most important takeaway you want companies to know from this work that you're doing?
0: I think the most important takeaway is that your words matter,
1: And you have
0: to put your words into practice. Purpose without practice doesn't have much meaning. And we want to help companies realize their purpose potential. And we think that taking a portfolio approach and focusing on shared value is the effective combination of of helping companies achieve their aspirations and make the kind of impact that our world needs today. We're not going to change things without the private sector. And I feel really passionate about this. And I feel passionate that if companies can align their ideals and their desire to create change with the ability and know-how
1: to create that change, that we can make some real progress. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think we need all organizations at the table, we need everybody. That interconnectedness, and and often companies are not thought of in that um, context in a way that really surprises me. You know, it's the the doing good of the world is left for a different sector, and and I don't think that's right. I think it's all of us. Um, so, final question: Where can people go to get more information if they want to learn more?
0: They can go to www.purposeplaybook. .org. Um, That's where they can download the playbook. There's also a great uh, quick assessment that you can take. The playbook is about 65 pages. So the assessment that takes about 10 minutes to take can help guide you um, the best way to use the playbook and to navigate it. And it's also just great to just take a little inventory of where you think your company is. In terms of its shared value and purpose practice.
1: Well, Bobby, I cannot thank you enough for spending some time with us today and talking about this terrific work. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Um, And to our listening audience, I want to thank you for joining the SG Engage podcast. Um, Hope you tune in to other episodes and I hope everyone is doing well. This is Rachel Hutchison signing off.